Welcome, Caitlin, to the PCV podcast. Thanks for making it over here to Agilmos. Thanks for having me. That's what people always say when they get interviewed on the radio. <laughs> uh, that that is true. Yeah. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know my internet situation, Matthew. True. You know, I, I listen when I can. I've got it on my computer now, though, so I'm gonna listen to all of them. There you go. All right, well, let's jump right into it. What's the gist of your life story thus far? I'm just a down-home Midwest gal trying to make it in the world. So tell me a little more about that. What, where'd you grow up in Missouri? Well, I grew up in a small-ish town uh, on the Mississippi River. It's the biggest town, though, between St. Louis and Memphis, so that's why I hesitate to say, you know, small. Okay. I can say it's sizable. It's on the Lewis and Clark Heritage Trail, Cape Girardeau. Uh, also, the hit Hollywood film Gone Girl was filmed there. So, you know, I, I hesitate to minimize its importance. You were, you were raised in the town that had Gone Girl made in it. Mm-hmm. And you called it a small town in Missouri. Well, yeah. I mean, compared to where you grew up, it probably is a Big huge, city. bustling metropolis. <laughs> It's probably got like, I don't know, 60,000 people. Okay, that's decent. But you're right, that is not huge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, that's where I'm from. And then I went to school up north. I went to school in a town in Missouri uh, that was like 17,000 people. So it was a little bit different, I suppose. But Mm -hmm. I was so studious that I didn't mind not having much to do. Okay. What did you study in college? I was a public communication major, and then I minored in religion, specifically Abrahamic religions. And what led you to make the jump from there to Peace Corps? I wanted to do something that got me some international experience, because other than this like month-long study abroad trip that I did like in a summer in college, I had never really been outside of the United States, and I wanted to get like a sustained look at like what life is like in other countries and so Peace Corps seemed to be the um oh yeah I guess another thing is I didn't really have any real skills (laughs) which kind of (laughs) real skills what are those uh like Like you don't know how to like fix a toilet or well change a tire I do feel like I actually have a decent understanding of the mechanics of of a toilet, but uh, no, yeah, like I'm never gonna be able to like do engineers or doctors without borders or you know do like a Peace Corps post where like you have to do agriculture or something like the Peace Corps Morocco was very on I remember on the description for community services volunteer it was so broad. Peace Corps Morocco was honestly the only post that I was interested in anyway. And so maybe it was fate, I would say, that it also happened to be basically the only one that I was qualified for. Because, <laughs> you know, I have good, I, I think I have soft skills, but I'm, you know, I'm a calm major, Matthew. It's, That's a skill. Know, I'm never going to. That's a real thing. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's very diplomatic of you. I think scientists and engineers like to think they're the 
the only ones with real world skills, but I beg to differ. All right. Well, moving on to the next question. All right. What is a piece of media that you've most often gifted to others? Well, I know I told you before, I suppose, that I've given like country music CDs to people before, and that's true. Mm -hmm. I actually, one time, I bought Toby Keith's Greatest Hits 2 for my brother for Christmas, but I bought it like in August, and I listened to it in my car the entire semester, and then I gave it to him for Christmas. <laughs> you bought a present for someone, you used it a whole bunch, and yeah. then you well, gave it. Well, when you think about Christmas all year long, like I do, and you're always Christmas shopping, that's the advantage that you get. You get to use the presents that you buy for people months and months in advance. So I won't apologize for that. So is Toby Keith your favorite musical artist? No, but he, I do, I'm really into like 90s and early 2000s country, so I like Toby Keith, Garth Brooks, Shania Twain, um, Dixie Chicks, mm -hmm. you know these people, don't you? Uh-huh. Gosh, I love that Wyoming. stuff, I love that stuff. So yeah, I went through kind of like a renaissance period in college where I like rediscovered all these things from my childhood, which uh, was like, you know, 90s, early 2000s country. But anyway, the point is, is that I thought um, recently that actually, if I'm really honest about the media that I give to most people, that, that I've gifted most often, mm -hmm. it's actually, I'm a very avid shutterflyer back in the States. I haven't been able to keep up my habit because of my internet situation here in the Maghrib. But yeah, back in the States, I am always uh, making photo books for my friends and family based off of like the travels that we've done together. Mm -hmm. And I found that people love it when you do that because everyone wants like a structured like a like, coffee table book preservation of their trip or of their memories, you know? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, when they, they just take a bunch of pictures, they just print them all out and stuff them in a photo album and you don't really look, there's not like a flow to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I found that people really, really appreciate it when you take the time to actually preserve the memories in a way that kind of makes sense and it is more enjoyable to flip through. And so yeah, I've done that for a lot of like my friends that we would take trips together and then for the Christmas that year I'd give them a photo book of that trip and that's awesome yeah and they would really like that so but yeah like I said I would I would love to like do a shutterfly book for like my host family from CBT mm. or like even my host family even though I don't really see them anymore from here I mean from here from my site um mm. but yeah like I said I, there's just really very internet intensive process making photo books and I don't know if I really have the capabilities. Sure. Makes sense. Alright. What are three words your fellow PCBs would use to describe you? Um, I think, actually I think I have been described before as pleasant, as Midwest pleasant. Hmm. Um, which I, yep, that's a real thing. <laughs> I don't, yeah, you can't, well you're not really, I guess, from the Midwest, but I would definitely say you're a pleasant fellow. From the middle of the country. I think it's a trait you develop by living in between the coasts. Yeah, yeah I would say. So, so yeah, I think people would say that I'm pleasant, and I am, am pleased with that assessment. Um, and then I think they would say that I'm hardworking. I think that's not braggy to say that other people would probably say that, right? Because, this, like... This is totally a humble, bright question. 
I mean, well, that's true. Well, it's true. really getting to the well, heart. How do you think other people see you? And I'd hope that you would think they would say yeah. good things. So. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm generally, I'm not hated. <laughs> not, not hated. But yeah, I mean, like even in CBT, like I, I'll admit that I am. Um, I probably studied way harder than anybody else in my CBT group. No offense if anybody in my CBT ever listens to this. So I established, I think, early on that like I was willing to work hard. And then I think that people would say that I'm funny. I mean, when I'm around other PCBs, I get laughs. So especially when it's you and Anne Boston as a team. Yeah, exactly. We we. we the characters we play on TV really like work well together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good way to put it. All right, so we have pleasant, pleasant hardworking, hardworking and, and funny. funny. That's good. All positive. Very good. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, turning the focus a little bit on other Peace Corps volunteers, mm -hmm. who do you look up to in Peace Corps and why? I have always looked up to Katie Barsegay. Barsegay. I knew it. She's I knew I wasn't going to say it right. Katie Barsegay. Katie Barsegay. Yep. Katie B. Katie B. <laughs> Katie from Gad. Yeah, Katie from Gad. Katie from, um, I actually can't remember her site's name. But no, so I've always looked up to her because like, we're about a year into country and she still uh, sees the positive and everything, you know, it seems to me. Like, I, I, I guess I don't have the pleasure of speaking with Katie on a regular basis, but I do, you know, see what she does on Facebook, and I have talked to her, like, at trades before and stuff, and I'm just very, very impressed with how... Um, She's still as dedicated to like serving her community as dedicated to serving her community now as she was, I think, when she entered. Maybe even more so. And she seems like she's genuinely made friends with the people in her site. She genuinely cares about them. And she doesn't just like post pictures with them on the internet to like humble brag about how integrated she is or whatever. Like <laughs> she actually seems to really like them. And I just really think that that genuine human connection is like the most important part of Peace Corps. Like you could really not even have any kind of work going on for the two years, but if you make genuine friendships with the people in your site, I think that that is well worth the government's money that it costs to put you in a, in a place for two years. And I think you do that too, Matthew. I think that you genuinely have friends here in, in your site you spend a lot of time like hanging out with people you make time for Moroccans in your site and I, I just think that's really nice well thanks that's great next question what do people never ask you that you wish they did that was a really hard question because it's very hard to think about you know, what do you, I mean, I guess there's a lot of things, it's cause basically asking like, what do you want to talk about that you don't feel like you had to talk about enough, right? I guess you take it a lot of different ways. Yeah, sure. But I remember I thought about it for a long time and I eventually think I said, you know, I, I personally really like talking about um, planning for the end, planning for like the 
collapse of civilization. Doomsday prepper. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a doomsday prepper, I suppose. Like, not a prepper that actually makes concrete moves. Like, I don't actually stockpile anything or anything. But I, I will say that it honestly, I think about it enough that it does affect my daily life. I'm very um, concerned with the acquiring of what I will call homesteading skills. Because even though I play up this whole like, oh, I'm a Missouri person, like quite a bit, I'm actually not very like country, I suppose. Like I really don't know how to do that many like practical things. I'm kind of soft. but yeah, like with aid, I like made myself go watch the butchering process because I was like, oh my gosh, like what if I really need to do this someday? Like what if I really, what if I find myself in a situation someday where I need to butcher my own meat? Like I need to, you know, I have no idea how to do that. Like what if you get to a place where there's no internet and you just got to use what's already in your brain? So I don't know. I guess uh, I like to talk about that. And I feel like I actually do bring it up a lot in conversations, but people, I don't usually really get many bites. <laughs> I don't know if other people like to talk about that as much, so mm-hmm. maybe that's what I would like for people to uh, ask me about a little bit more. Like, ask me about my doomsday prep. <laughs> well, what is your survival strategy for your site? For my site? Yeah. You know, honestly, Matthew, that is a good question because I really have not spent, I'm really banking on the world going after I move back to America because uh, I, yeah, getting back home would be quite tough. Yeah, I know because if that, if it did happen here, like the rainfall is just not very good and like the growing season is so short and the population density I think is relatively dense and so it would be very difficult I think here in this part of Morocco I would say in in, in the case of anything like that happening um, and so if I was back home in Missouri lower population density higher firearm per capita number <laughs> that's a good thing not a like bad. I'm thinking if I'm back home in Missouri when everything goes I don't know if I should say that actually in uh, or, can you like edit that out? When everything goes, <laughs> when everything goes down the tubes, okay, I can go out to like my dad's farm where he grew up out in Bullinger County, and we can just really set up shop. We can really just make a fortress out there, and the land is good, soil is loamy. Like we're gonna really just like build up the best clan, and I think we'll be a force to reckon with in the new world order. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so if, if everything goes down the tubes, that's the place to go, huh? That's the place to be if you are ready to swear fealty to the Besses. <laughs> the best clan. <laughs> <laughs> are there any uh, secret passwords or special gestures we should know when we approach the guards? <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, I guess you can, you can just uh, ask for Caitlin. I know I'm from Morocco. I can come vouch for you. <laughs> well, for my sake and yours, I hope that the apocalypse doesn't come anytime soon. Yeah. Give it at least, you know, another... A thousand years? Year and three months, at least. <laughs> Actually, maybe a year and four months. I want to do a COS trip. 
<laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> well, let's hope it doesn't happen anytime soon or in our lifetimes or yes. beyond. Inshallah. I, I'm optimistic enough. I, I think uh, it's not something that's on the horizon Aww. for any of us. There's that, I won't say Midwest, but middle of the country optimism. Yeah. Well, uh, wrapping things up, the last question I have for you is who else do you think I should bring on the show and what would you like me to ask him? Honestly, even though he has uh, left, I think Phil would be an interesting one. He's got a very interesting service lining up one year in Morocco, one year in Ukraine. So I would try to get in contact with Phil and see if he'd be interested in after he you know, gets settled in Ukraine. Well, that's a good suggestion. Yeah. Well, Phil, if you're out there listening, I'm coming for you. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again for taking the time to sit down and let me interview you. Thank you for having me. All right. That's it for today. Signing off. See you later. Bye.